0: Hey there, are you an expert, a speaker, trainer, consultant, or just a plain old smart person who has something to teach the world? Or do you work for or run an education business of some sort, say a training firm or a trade or professional association? If any or all of that applies to you, then you are in the right place. Learning Revolution is the podcast for people who want to grow a successful training, education, or lifelong learning business in today's tech-driven education marketplace. I am your host, Jeff Cobb, and for this episode of the Learning Revolution podcast, I am very pleased to be joined by Howie Jacobson and Christy McDonald, co-authors of Google AdWords for Dummies, third edition. AdWords, of course, are those text-based ads that appear to the right and top of Google search results. They can be very powerful, not just for driving traffic to your offerings, but also, as Howie and Christy will make clear, for really assessing and understanding your market. As always, you can find show notes and additional resources for the podcast by visiting the episode page for it, which in this case is learningrevolution.net/episode8. Before we jump into the interview with Howie and Christie, I do want to make one announcement that I certainly find important, and I hope you will too. That drum roll, by the way, comes from freesound.org, a great source for sound effects. Anyway, the announcement is that the book. Leading the Learning Revolution has been officially released. That's right, hot off the presses. You can find out all about it on the Learning Revolution site at learningrevolution.net. But the quick lowdown on it is that it's meant to be really for the sort of people who listen to this podcast, namely entrepreneurial trainers, speakers, consultants, education directors at trade and professional associations, basically anyone who is or wants to be in the booming business of lifelong learning, continuing education, and professional development. As most listeners know, the initial round of interviews for the Learning Revolution podcast were interviews that I conducted while I was writing the book, Now the book is done, but the podcast will carry on. And if you are enjoying the podcast, I'd like to make you an offer. Namely, if you'll take a few minutes to do a brief review at iTunes, and you can just go to learningrevolution.net slash iTunes to get to the right place, I will send you a signed hard copy edition of Leading the Learning Revolution. That's right. A free hardback copy. I recognize that your time is valuable. It takes some thought to write even a brief review, but it would mean a huge amount to me. And so I'd, I'd like to offer this small token of thanks for your efforts. Just send me an email at book@learningrevolution.net saying that you did a review. No proof is required. I trust everyone to be straight up about this and give me an address to which I can send the book. I'll send you a signed copy, and it's that simple. Uh, And I'm going to keep this offer open until further notice, so no matter when you are listening, if you hear this offer, then it still stands. Of course, whether or not you do a review, I hope you will consider purchasing Leading the Learning Revolution for yourself, and if it's relevant, for your organization, and also telling others about it through your blogging, tweeting, Facebooking, or or whatever else you, you may do. But enough about the book, let's move on to what is really a great interview with Howie Jacobson and Christy McDonald, co-authors of Google AdWords for Dummies, third edition, and Principles of the digital marketing and AdWords agency, Vitruvian Way. Here we go. Well, I'm here with Howie Jacobson and Christy McDonald who are the co-authors of AdWords for Dummies and founders of Vitruvian Way, a marketing agency. And uh, Howie and Christy, I I, I guess I would describe you as really ninjas, basically, in in the world of of AdWords. (laughs) Um, Thanks so much for making some time to, to talk today. Of course. A pleasure. And, you know, I thought I'd start off – I know that, you know, AdWords is a particular specialty of uh, of uh, your agency, but, you know, you do much more broader marketing work. And, and there's a, a quote I came across from Howie, I believe it was in one of your white papers, that I've, I thought I'd throw out as a starting point to get both of you to comment on a little bit more. And it says – the Internet does more than just make it easy to go online and read and leave reviews. It fundamentally changes the mathematical and statistical models of human crowd behavior. And that, that to me, sounds like a real shakeup. Um, and I've certainly seen the shakeup that the Internet has caused out there in, in, in the field that I'm working in. Um, c- can I get you to comment on, on that a little bit? I mean, changing the, the whole model of uh, of human crowd
1: behavior. That's big stuff. Yeah, I wonder what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Christy, do you have any ideas?
2: <laughs> well, there's a couple different things that that white paper is highlighting for sure. Um, one is that the, the Internet and AdWords in specific allows us to really take a look at um, what, what people want by analyzing what they do when they're coming in to us with AdWords, right? So a lot of people think of AdWords as just a a way to get more traffic, a way to get more sales. Um, But we see AdWords as a way to really test and tune human behavior and what the clients really are asking for. So we use it to test what they might respond to we use it to segment markets and find out. Okay, we think, you know, our hypothesis is the market looks like it's predominantly, you know, female moms at home type of market. Turns out that the people who actually respond to our ads are, you know, um, baby boomer, male-dominated type of type of folks. So mm. it, it allows you to actually um, test out a hypothesis of what. Your market is and what their behavior is, and it allows you to uh, confirm that through their exactly what they do. So whether they click on an ad, whether they um, you know whether they come in and actually engage with the website um, is is a big piece of of how and why you use AdWords to test. Um, hopefully that answers your question a little bit.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, and howie, it sounds like you might have had, had something to add to that
1: it's it's coming back to me um, I think what what I was talking about was because you have such an aggregation of the crowd um, that you know our models of of marketing and of 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 economics really have been based on like the village mm. on you know you you're in you're trying to serve a market so you know a bunch of them and they know you and maybe you have a competitor or two but essentially things are things are pretty static um, and everyone can kind of get their their piece of the pie you know so in here in south africa the nearest town has like two supermarkets and three butchers and the supermarkets offer butchery too. So basically there's five butchers in town and I think they they all pretty much have 20%. Right. Like 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 there's an unspoken agreement that all of them should kind of be there. You know, right. but what what's happened with the internet just you know in terms of of uh, mathematics is that all of a sudden you've got an, uh, an almost infinite amount of choice mm-hmm. and an almost an almost infinite number of people looking to satisfy their needs, and when, and and there's no loyalty, there's no there's no dynamic um, connecting butcher A to butcher B to butcher C, etc. On the internet, it's, it's sort of everyone's for themselves, and so the the fun, the fundamentals of 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 market share mm-hmm. are are shifted, so so that now if 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 Butcher A is just slightly better than the other butchers, they'll end up with ninety ninety five percent of the business right
0: okay and
1: and so the, you know so the idea of competition and um the 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 slight advantage mm-hmm. all of a sudden steamrolls right. so and we we see this all the time with our clients that we you know they'll they'll be doing something, and we'll say, you know, could you take it to this next level? And some of them are, tend to be um, risk-taking and visionary, and they say, oh, I'd love that. Mm-hmm. And you know, a, a lot of people tend to say, no, I just need to, just need to do what I'm doing a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes that's true, but I'm sure you've seen, Jeff, where you know, d- d- just doing something that nobody else is doing all of a sudden tilts the weight of the entire market into their corner
0: right right now i think that 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 village uh you know versus the the more global market um uh analogy is is really perfect in one of the major fields i work in which is trade and professional associations and i think that uh you know, a lot of those groups have really operated as villages traditionally. They've got their membership base, so they feel like, you know, they've kind of got that community locked up. They know it. They know what to to, to sell to it. They've kind of been doing the same thing for, you know, 10, 20, 50, 100 years in, in some cases. And suddenly, that's that's being disrupted, a lot of them are finding, and, and, you know, an an example market that I work in a lot is um, continuing professional education for accountants, um, for instance. Um, So there's a a CPE requirement. Traditionally, the state societies uh, and and one or two national societies have dominated that market, but now there's all this commercial competition entering the market, and and I think that, uh, you know, it it really is those dynamics of the internet that uh, are are changing the equation, because people can find, uh, you know, training that's the the, the cheapest that the, the most fits what they're trying to to do in, in ways that they were never able to before so they don't have to rely on that traditional village that the association uh represents i mean does that does that sound like uh kind of what you're talking about in in, in terms of a, a disruption
1: yeah absolutely there there are so many choices and when 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 people have a virtually infinite number of choices um you don't find that every choice gets the same mm-hmm. average you know you'd, you'd think that everyone would you know it would be random but it, but instead it's very much like a bell curve where yeah. a very yeah. very small percent end up getting a huge uh, percentage and a lot you know and a lot of that comes from you know in in, in, in when I t- I started that quote talking about reviews because reviews are really one of the engines mm-hmm. where you know, if some if somebody starts out with three good reviews versus zero, you'd think that that would be a, a slight advantage. But the fact that they have three good reviews, if someone's mm-hmm. searching on Google and sees those, they're likely to get ten times more traffic, which would lead to more good reviews. Right. So the cycle can be you know virtuous or vicious. But the the slight advantage in um, in your market presence can really snowball. Yeah, yeah,
0: maybe. I think it'd be interesting to, to potentially talk about, um, you know, two scenarios and, and particularly with, uh you know, Christy mentioned how much focus you put on uh, assessing markets uh, up front and kind of figuring out your strategy. And, and I think, you know, everybody's familiar with AdWords sitting off to the, the side of the page. They or at the top of the page. You do your Google search and, and those ads come up over there. And, you know, if you click on them, they're going to take you somewhere. But I think people are not tuned into this this whole idea that you can use the, that, that same engine to help you assess your market. Now, let's say that, you know, two two different perspectives. One is maybe you are that kind of entrenched organization that I just talked about. So, you know, you've been, you've had your village for eons and and, and you know your people and, and suddenly they're looking elsewhere um, and, and you've got to try to figure things out and figure out how to get back on top of your game. So that's that's kind of one scenario. That's the entrenched player. And the other scenario might be, you are that that new guy or that new girl on the block. Um, you've got some great expertise. You're going to go out and sell it to the world and 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 take a slice of a of a lucrative you know training or education market. Do those two people? Do those two scenarios do the same things? To assess and and, and what are kind of what are the steps that they some some of the basic steps they might go through uh, that are going to help them get a handle on how they can best
1: proceed. Chris, do you got this one?
2: Um, yeah. So some of the steps are going to be the same some are going to be different but okay. in general in general you both players are still looking to understand what the competitors are doing right mm-hmm. and stand out from those competitors so <clears throat> whether you're entrenched excuse me for a second wh- whether you're entrenched in a market or whether you're new to the market the key to what you're looking for is wh- how are you going to stand out amongst all the competitors mm-hmm. so an entrenched person May have been able to stand out up until now, until new folks are coming on and saying something different. So they have to really keep their eye on the ball when it comes to <clears throat> who's coming onto the who's coming onto the playing field, and what are they saying new that is is kind of changing up or changing the dynamics mm-hmm. of of what our customers are seeing. Um, and then the new guy has to look at that as well. It has to they have to go on there and see um, what what are all the competitors saying, and what could I say that's truly different. Than everybody else, it's really going to catch the eyeballs. Right. Um, it's both about understanding what the market wants, and are are they delivering what the market really wants? What are those core problems, core issues, core concerns that their target market is really focused on? Mm-hmm. And what can they say to them that really draws them in and helps them understand? Yes, we're exactly you know we're exactly the folks that can help you um, solve your problem, meet your need um you know complete your desire whatever that may be Mm -hmm. um and you know that's something that a new player probably thinks about a lot because they're looking at things of you know how do we make a splash come in and have everybody notice us and sometimes the entrenched players forget they just have something out there and it's been working for years and they're just, you know, they're just kind of riding on the coattails of something they did years ago or whatever. And they forget to keep an eye on that. And all of a sudden, and and and, and we get a lot of clients that come to us in that capacity of, Oh, our you know, everything's been working fine for the last three years and all of a sudden, bam, it kinda of blew up on us and we don't even know why. And, you know, nine times out of ten, it's probably the competitive landscape has changed and people are now saying something different and catching the eyes of your target market and you better start doing the same or you're going to you know you're going to continue to lose market share over the folks that are are meeting the needs and are you know creating those empathetic ads and empathetic stories that help the target market really identify with them and connect with them in a big way
1: yeah, yeah, Christy. As you were saying that, I, I was doing a little thought experiment about which would I rather be—the mm. the entrenched player or the the scrappy newcomer? Right. And you know, one what, what, what of the genre yeah. of books I love to read is—I I guess I'd call it like innovation porn, mm-hmm. like about. <laughs> <laughs> You know how like, like how you know Xerox invented the mouse, but Apple took it, and right, how right. Uh, you know 3M did the Post-it, and you know how innovation happens, and how it slips through the fingers of the people. Mm-hmm. You know how come how come Kodak fell flat, and the railroads didn't realize they were in the you know all that stuff, and I think it's it's a huge a huge challenge for anyone who's successful. Like the minute you're successful. I would start worrying about that sort of blindness or complacency mm-hmm. um, where someone else comes in without your assumptions, without your overhead, um, without your here's how it's always been done. And, you know, just like, like any of those upstarts, they, they come in with a, with a better feel for what the market wants right now, some little innovation, and all of a sudden everything shifts like the hot restaurant on Thursday is empty on Friday night. Right. Uh, on the other hand, you, you want to be the entrenched person because you have theoretically a better connection to your market mm. you know if 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 i want- if i'm if i 'm prospecting and i want to talk to prospects their their ears are up because i 'm i 'm like trolling for sales right. <laughs> Right, and so, the, so they're a little bit defensive. They're playing their cards tight. They, they don't want to tell me too much. They're afraid I'm going to try to sell them something. Whereas, if I have a huge customer list and I call them and I say, "Hey, you know, you've already paid us. I, I'd like to find out how we're doing." People love to take that call. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. Definitely. So, 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 the, 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 I think the trick is for the entrenched um, person to 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 have at least some people on staff who are. Brainwashed or drugged into thinking that they're the upstart <laughs> to, to, and to, you know to be looking on Google to see who's there, what are people talking about in forums, which ads are they clicking, what are they telling us, and then go back to your treasure trove of customers mm-hmm. and check things out and say does this does this um, does this make sense for you? What if we tried this what you know what drives you crazy about the way we do business um, whereas the the upstart really you know, can do some shoe leather work, bringing together right. focus groups and talking to people, but really has to uh, has to rely much more on on their their AdWords learning mm-hmm. and you know in in some ways you know the AdWords stuff is absolutely crucial, but it's also superficial compared to real conversations. Right. So we we, we recommend using AdWords to to point you in the right direction so you can go have dinner with people. Mm-hmm.
0: No, that's a good, great, great advice, um, and, and that makes me, you know, think. I mean, rel- relative to using something like AdWords um, to. To get you to a place where you're going to really understand your market better and and know what those next moves are. I mean, if you were I know a lot of the the, the, the people who would be listening to this um, are going to be maybe at a, at a smaller training firm. Maybe they're the owner and they don't have any staff or very little staff, or they might be an education director at an association. And, and again, are just resource constrained in so many ways. And um, you know, I would say to those people, definitely read AdWords for Dummies and do everything you can with it. And, and By the way, you know, for folks listening, incredible, incredible book. I mean, it's like it's a Bible you should have sitting on your desk, to be honest. But I but I know a lot of people are going to look at that and say, you know, I I just don't have time to do that. And by the way, I also don't have a lot of budget to go out and hire somebody to do it for me. I mean, are there are there two or three things that you would just say, no matter what else you do, just just at least do this to to try to get a better sense of uh, what's going on out in your market?
2: When somebody doesn't have a lot of budget to work with and they're looking to run a PPC campaign that is small and tight, mm-hmm. what, we, what we tell them to do is analyze their market for their bullseye. What, is the, what are the bullseye terms in your market that say if somebody types that in, their intent absolutely is to buy what you have mm-hmm. they are looking for you they're looking for what you have so for example you know if somebody is looking to be um, certified in uh, project management institute you know and they type in um, P- pmi online courses mm-hmm. um, they're looking for you and you need to be there when they're looking because otherwise your competitors will you know will get them instead um so if you have a small budget you just need to look at your core terms. Don't don't try to experiment with other ones that you think, well, maybe they're looking for this or maybe they're looking for that. Don't experiment. Just use the core ones that, when you sit down and say, "What is what would somebody ask for if they were looking exactly for me," and run that campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing when somebody says to me, "I don't I don't have much of a budget to run advertising," I, I get a little worried about the statement because you know if you don't have a budget to attract customers. Um, I think that you need to look hard at what your overall business plan is, because if you can't attract customers, revenue will always be something that you're scraping for. Um, and you know, you 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 may want to go smaller in the niche that you're looking at. You may want to go smaller in how how big you've you've made your plan for the exact online training you're developing. You know, whatever it may be, you have to leave leave budget in your business plan to attract customers in some way, and while PPC has a reputation for being you know, one of the more expensive ways online today because people look at SEO and they look at social media and they say, oh, that's all free, um, it's actually none of that's free because all of those, all of those methods are guessing mm-hmm. at who, who your market is and where you're going to find them and how you're going to attract them, and, and PPC is testing. It's not you. Know, you may do an initial guess, but you have the data right there behind you to to follow it up with. To say, you know, this this is reality. This is what your your customers really are looking for or really aren't looking for, um, and and you've got to you've got to find a way to budget that into your into your plans. Right.
1: Well, and, and, and I and I would say that the. Yeah,
0: go ahead, Jeff. Uh, I, I was gonna I was gonna take another turn, but before we do that, please go ahead and and, uh, and, and add your your part to that, Hal. How-
1: yeah, that that one of the functions of AdWords or, or any sort of pay-per-click is to test the rest of your sales funnel. So it may be that AdWords is not the place where you're going to, you know, kill it. You're not going to get – there may not be a lot of traffic or people may not be searching for it. It may be a, an impulse buy or the, your competition has a business model that just makes it – too expensive for you to advertise successfully for long, but, but wherever the you know, if you have an online business and, you know, th- these days the website is the kind of the nexus for whether people end up interested in you or not. Mm-hmm. And that's how I would initially use PPC to, to do what Christie says to figure out, well, who's my bullseye? Who are the people? I call them the, the Dorothy Boyd prospects, who's uh that was Renee, Renee Zellweger's character in Jerry Maguire. So the ones, the ones we had at hello, right? Like we just said, this is what I do. And they said, that's exactly what I want. There you go. So those people, if we can't sell them, Mm -hmm. why are we bothering Mm -hmm. with anybody else? And so, you know, the, you know, selling is selling, but the, the training industry has some specific challenges online. And, you know, one, one of which is that, that, the internet has evolved into a medium of selling through education. Mm-hmm. So you want to sell something, you have to educate people on why they need it, what they need, um, how they need to consume it. And you want to show off some of your stuff by giving them free content in advance. So if you're selling basketballs, there's no conflict. Right. You know, you can give people hundreds of hours of video training on how to dribble and shoot and pass a basketball. And the more you train, the more they're going to buy. Mm-hmm. But when you when you're selling training there's a slippery slope isn't there between right. giving it you know giving it away and selling it so to me one one of the the biggest challenges in in selling training online is to tease with integrity right where you know you're withholding but you're not you're not doing it in a sleazy way right. or a way that turns people off or a way that makes people say well you know these are bits these, these mm-hmm. are electrons. Why do you got to charge so much for them? Mm-hmm. You know that, that that respects your business model and and turns um, turns your visitors into allies. who right. Say, yeah, this is this is something I want. This is something I want to be a part of. Right, right, and that, and that's
0: actually a great segue into where I was hoping to go to kind of uh, round out and finish off the uh, conversation because. While while you are not you know technically in, in the the training business, um, I mean obviously you know you've written a book which is highly educational about Ed, AdWords and you know arguably, you know if somebody sat down with a book and really did everything and really absorbed it and really put it into action, then then maybe they don't need you. And now you've gone a step further um, and created uh, uh, the, the Vitruvian Way Cafe, which is you know. Basically, going to be a membership learning site. Uh, you know, I think at the point we're talking right now, it's still uh, free to sign up for. It, but you're going to start charging for it, if I understand uh, correctly. Um, so, what what led you, you know, to the idea that um, you know it was okay to give away so much intellectual property, and then what was attractive about creating? Uh, you know an actual what's what 's essentially an online education offering um, uh, through the the Vitruvian Way cafe Christy
2: um, yeah, I can answer that so one of the one of the reasons that we pursue kind of a do it yourself section on everything we do, including the book and the Vitruvian Way cafe and all that, mm-hmm. is that we have we have a really strong passion for the folks that do want to do it yourself, the folks that can't afford to hire an agency, can't afford to hire consultants mm-hmm. to come up with their marketing strategy, but still deserve a chance to to make this work for their own. You know, there's a lot of people out there that don't, you know, that, as I said, don't have the budget to do some of these things. And they are they are working kind of in the uh, sweat equity arena right now. Mm-hmm. You know, they're putting in all of their time, they're putting in all of their energy, and they're, they're working a lot of hours. And, you know we want them to have a chance against the big dogs as well to be able to to get this right to get a start on it mm-hmm. we also feel strongly that you know once we've connected with them at the level of you know being there to help them and support them when they do grow you know, then they're going to reach out to us because at some point somebody looks at this function in their business and says, it doesn't make sense for me to do this anymore. Right. I have to run, I have to run my business. It's, you know, um, and, and they turn to us to help them. So, you know, it's a win-win for everybody. It allows us to help folks that, that that's kind of our passion. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and training is a passion of Howie's for sure. So, you mm-hmm. know, despite that, that's not our core business. Um, that's something he's always absolutely loved to do. Um, so it just so it just made sense um, oh. you know it's not it's 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 not one of those uh, you know core money makers. it's more of a um, you know let's be out there so that um, everybody knows that we're here to help mm-hmm.
1: yeah and I, and I have to say you know that um, I don't think I've ever met anyone who's read the book gone through it entirely done everything we've said and hasn't reached out to us for more <laughs> right right you know yeah. so there's, there's, a, there's a. It's understandable that you want to kind of keep some stuff close to the vest and say, well, this is our best stuff. We're not going to share this. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, a, there's a very small percentage of, of AdWords tricks that we would uh, put in that category that we say this is this is proprietary. We're not going right. to, we're not going to share. It. Um, you know, realistically, you know, as I mean, I think about myself as a consumer of information. The more information I get about a topic, the more I I can appreciate the gap between me and the superstars. Mm-hmm. And so, if there's a chance to learn from the superstars, you know I'm, I'm I'll accept it. I'll pay 50 bucks for an audio, mm-hmm. whereas I you know I bought the book for 12, mm-hmm. but 50 bucks for an audio, um, 300 bucks for a day-long le- public lecture um and $2500 for an in-depth 3-day workshop mm-hmm. and you know $15,000 for a pri- for a mentoring program. Mm-hmm. Like all of all of those make sense to me as long as I've gotten value at each at each step of the way. Right. You know, our our, our friend and mentor Ken McCarthy of the System Seminar calls it the Skybox theory. So you can you know you can watch the game on TV and it's free or you can sit in the luxury skybox and pay $5000 a ticket mm. It's the same game. Mm-hmm. You know the, the the content is less significant than the way it's delivered and right. your your proximity and emotional att- connection to the person who's delivering the content and their their ability to customize it for you. Right, right.
0: Uh, it, and it's interesting you mentioned emotional connection. I know that's something that comes up uh, in, in your, your writing as well. Um, I mean, obviously, when you, when you decided to offer sort of more of this kind of training and education component above and beyond, um, the book, you decided to go with uh, the kind of membership site model. Uh, you know, I mean, in are other paths, you could have taken. I mean, you could have just you could have given away a bunch of videos for free, which you do. And, and you know, also, and, and both inside and outside the Vitruvian Way Cafe, you could have done what you know most traditional training providers do, which is just simply set up a catalog of courses and, and sell them online for you know 50 bucks a piece or whatever the the case might be. Um, I mean. It, what was particularly attractive to you about that membership model was it was it the do you see that as more of a way to build emotional connection um you know with potential uh customers and and, and to you know to, to really serve them better uh, as opposed to the the more i guess transactional model which might be less resource intensive
1: yeah well, i bought this mem i bought this membership plug in so i felt like i had, to, had to use, use it, it like <laughs> <laughs> i think that was that was basically as far as i went <laughs> Very <laughs> <Fair enough>. Christy, <laughs> save, um,
2: yeah. save me from that. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. No, um, I think there's actually two things. One is, um, yes, I do think there's more of a connection when people are in a community and they're interacting with us, and were they're answering their questions, they feel a connection to us personally. Mm-hmm. But I also think there's a social aspect here. So there's a social aspect of belonging to a club, belonging to a club of people who are in a community and talking amongst themselves, not just mm-hmm. with us but amongst themselves too. So it kind of builds up this momentum of lots of different perspectives, lots of different people mm-hmm. you start to get, you start to get um, clients or customers who are actually providing, you know, almost as much value as we are mm-hmm. um, when they're answering questions to to their peers as well yeah. um you know and i've experienced this personally in a couple different memberships i've belonged to and it, it's really powerful and it is something that really not just connects you to those customers but it makes them never want to leave mm-hmm. um, because when they leave they lose that value it's not just a course that they take and then they're done and they took notes and they're it's over right. it's something that's kind of alive right and and building momentum as right. it goes on
0: right that's interesting. That's something that I feel has come up again and again with my clients, particularly recently, who are in the the membership sector and the association sector, and, and I'm not sure that um, you know this traditional, those organizations have traditionally had a sense of belonging in terms of belonging to the organization, but they, have, they they've kind of held their their content, their education, somehow separate from that in a way. And a lot of times, bringing those together, having the sense of belonging and having the tremendous content, uh, you know, and and the interactions that can go on around it, uh, that that's the home run. Um, and I'm seeing right. I'm seeing a lot of the sort of you know new kids on the block do that better than some of the established membership organizations because they're, they're, they're just kind of thinking about it differently, I think.
2: Yes. And it's, again, what back to what Howie says is that, you know, the Internet does change everything. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, if you look at it for what it can do, and, and in this case, you know, build a social um, community, build mm-hmm. a place people can go, um, then, you know, you're going to be a lot more open yep. to how people want to be communicated with. Um, and, and some of the older establishments, it's just hard for them to wrap their heads around that. That's Mm -hmm. not where they come from. That's Mm -hmm. not what they're used to. And it's, it's a much bigger, um, you know, it's a much bigger change in innovation for them. It's just not, you know, it's just not how they're used to doing business. And so they don't quite get it, that that's what people are craving. Um, and it does depend on the audience too, and what they're used to and what they're, you know, what they're looking for and what they want out of things.
0: Definitely. Definitely. Well, Thanks so much to to both of you. I don't want to uh, take up any any more of your time, but um, you know maybe before we wrap things up, are there you know any any parting words of wisdom or just things that you know, you would want people to to definitely keep in mind, whether it's about you know AdWords specifically or about their their marketing in general. You know, particularly if you're in the training, education, you know, information type of, uh, business. Um, any any last words?
1: Um, well. Um Yeah, AdWords is a spectacularly difficult medium to make money on on a a single sale Mm -hmm. Um, because you have a lot of savvy competitors and the price tends to go up to around break even. So if your goal is sell one thing and make your money back, unless you have a business model that's significantly more efficient than your competitors – or you don't really have any competitors, that's not really going to work. So that really speaks to what Christy was talking about around the cafe, which is instead of a transactional model, a relationship Mm -hmm. model. Right. And actually, I find that charging money for things is is actually – a challenge around because because when you know if you have uh, you know friends you hang out with and you go over to their house and they give you dinner and you play games and you sing or whatever you do together and all of a sudden they say hey could you just pay five bucks for that mm-hmm. you know it it doesn't it, it's not just five bucks it changes the entire nature of the interaction mm-hmm. so you have to you have to be careful um, uh, being very uh, open with people about how you make money. Right. I think people are are looking for that kind of transparency, and they see, you know, if they see, okay, this company, this is the value they provide, and this is how much they charge, and I'm proud to be a part of it. Right. Um, I, you know, I think that that works very well with AdWords. If you find, you know, a friend of ours, uh, Timothy Seward, who runs an AdWords agency um, in Raleigh, North Carolina, um, he wrote a wonderful piece. Um, I forget where it was. Website Magazine, maybe, about if you can't compete in AdWords. That tells you that something's lacking about your business model, mm-hmm. and in and in, in the ongoing education world, your business model is really synonymous with: Are you building relationships that that are mutual, mm-hmm. are mutually bene, beneficial? And so, you know, the hard numbers of of you know online marketing can really help point you to to that place where where your business is really about helping people reach their potential.
0: Well, great. Well, well, thank you so much to uh, to both of you. I, I appreciate your taking the time to, to share uh, your wisdom.
2: All right. All right. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye.
0: That wraps up my interview with Howie Jacobson and Christy McDonald. You can find out more about Howie at his site, askhowie.com. And both Howie and Christy can be found at vitruvianway.com, the website for their agency. In both places, you'll find a a real treasure trove of learning resources, many of them free. And of course, if you do not yet have a copy of Google AdWords for Dummies, third edition, I urge you to get to your nearest internet retailer of choice to purchase one. Or as Howie puts it on his website, you can find it on every continent except Antarctica, wherever fine books, overpriced brownies, and cheesy calendars are sold. As always, I am truly grateful for you taking the time to join me here on The Learning Revolution. If you enjoy the podcast, I'd be really thankful if you would share it with others. One easy way to do that is to simply type in learningrevolution.net slash share in your browser and that will automatically generate a tweet that you can send out. Remember also my offer from the beginning of the podcast, do a brief review on the iTunes site. And for that, you can just go to learningrevolution.net slash iTunes, and then send me an email to book at learningrevolution.net to let me know that you did a review. And I'll send you a complimentary signed hardback copy of Leading the Learning Revolution. That's it for this show. This is Jeff Cobb signing off from the revolution.